for it to happen that way. But um, I want to touch bases on fear first, because if you don't overcome your fears, your fears will overcome you and paralyze you, like literally. Um, I know I spoke about earlier on my Instagram page. I spoke about earlier last year when I went through an eight month depression, right? And when I say eight months of depression, I mean literally how I'm sitting here in front of the camera, no makeup on. I don't even know if my wig is crooked or not. I'm working out when I was asleep, so that's none of my concern. But um, like eight months, well, not eight months ago, because this was back from March. Ooh, it was from March up until like towards the end of last year. So throughout that whole time frame, I literally could not bring myself to get up, to have enough courage to set my camera up, to get in front of the camera and talk about my business because of fear. So fear had literally paralyzed me. And so what I'm doing now in these moments are things that I wrote out. These are things that I listed out to do that I thought I would have the courage to do last year. But in all actuality, I ended up letting fear overrule me. And I talked myself out of doing the very thing that God told me to do. And so the way that I became an entrepreneur back in 2012 is, well, before I introduce that, have any of you ever heard my entrepreneurship journey story? Has anyone ever heard me talk about um, how I became an entrepreneur? Has anyone heard that? Are we new to that topic? Because not only will I be sharing mine, I'm also going to ask you all to chime in and let me know what you do for a living. How long have you been an entrepreneur and what fears you've had to overcome since you've been on this journey? And so I'll be the first to go. Okay, I'll be the first to go. I'll be the guinea pig. I'll share my testimony, but I want you all to share yours as well. So, hey, hon. So I want you all to share yours as well. Right. So let's go back into 2012. In 2012, I had absolutely no intentions on being an entrepreneur, right? It was like not even in the front, side, left, right, back of my mind. Being an entrepreneur and working for myself was nowhere in my thought process in 2012. And so from the end of 2012 up until like maybe the first couple of months into 2013, I had a full-blown clientele. I was in the actual salon space. And like my life had just changed tremendous, tremendously in a matter of, I'll say maybe three or four months just being an entrepreneur. So I came out the gate. Can y'all, can y'all hear me pretty good before I just get in, dive right into the conversation? Can y'all hear me pretty good? I'm in my garage, so I'm not sure if it's like an echo or anything. Can y'all hear me? Can y'all hear me pretty good? Does it sound pretty clear? Okay. Okay, perfect. And so going back to 2013 and 2012, so I'm at my work study job, right? And mind you, I'm getting paid at this time, I'm getting paid $7.50 an hour. $7.50 an hour. Has anyone on here ever worked a minimum wage job? I don't even know if that was minimum wage or below. It might have been below at that time. I couldn't I, I couldn't believe, you know, um, that I was getting paid that amount of money and that I was so comfortable with getting paid that amount of money. It just it blows my mind to this day. 
But it's one thing to be in survival mode, right? And then it's something else to be in thrive mode. So I would like to call this season of my life thrive, right? And the season I'm talking about from back in 2012, I was living in survival mode. Like I was just trying to have enough to get by, trying to just have enough to pay my bills, which were not even half of the bills that I have now. And sis was struggling to pay those bills, okay? Like, struggling to pay those bills. So I'll share that story. Um, I'll share that story, too. I will definitely be that transparent. Um, so I get fired. I get fired from my job, making $7.50 an hour. And so in that moment, I decided, like, I didn't have a choice. I made sure that I gave myself no other choice but to use the gift that God had given me. So back when I was nine years old, my grandmother was a beautician, right? She was a hairstylist. So anybody grew up with grandmas or aunties that were like beauticians or hairstylists? Anybody grew up like that? Because y'all know, I mean, you pretty much know the lifestyle. Like we're in a salon 24-7. And so my grandmother did hair. And so um, growing up, she developed arthritis, carpal tunnel. She dealt with diabetes, high blood pressure, kidney failure, dialysis. So over time, her health started to fade, right? And so she would ask me to braid her hair, to help her put her wigs on. And I remember this like it was just yesterday. And I would watch my grandmother, like regardless of how she felt, uh, how sick she felt, my grandmother, you would not catch her slipping. Like, sis was going to make sure she had her red lipstick on, her wig was going to be snatched, and she had her Elizabeth Taylor, I think it was white diamond perfume or something like that. But sis was going to be snatched when she left and when she went out the house, right? So I remember all these things about my grandmother. But what she was teaching me and indirectly teaching me in those moments was just developing my skill, developing my skill as a stylist. Um, that's where I got my experience with knowing how to work with clients that have hair loss. That's where I got all of my experience from like knowing how to work with wigs. All my experience came from when I was nine years old. And so I knew that I could do hair, right? I knew I had a gift to do hair, but I had absolutely no clientele. I didn't have not one client. I remember begging people um, like, could you please let me do your hair? Begging my friends, begging my cousins, my aunt, and they would tell me no. And so once I got fired, I randomly just went to Facebook, like how I am now. I randomly went to Facebook and I was like, who want to get their hair done for free? So mind you, I don't have no clientele. I just got fired from my job. I barely even had enough gas to get in my car to get back home. And so I remember borrowing some money, some gas money from my grandmother. And I asked her, you know, if she would do a favor for me for like a week, if she could give me enough money to get some gas, to make it to these people's house to do their hair, then I would pay her back. And so I'm driving around Houston, y'all. Imagine that. Driving around Houston, I had a, um, I had a little white, it was a white cash car that ended up getting repossessed. That car ended up getting repossessed for like $300. I had taken out a title loan for this car and I thought I'd be able to pay it back. But my check probably wasn't even 300 like every two weeks. I doubt if my check was like 400 every two weeks. So I ended up losing my car. So I ended up having to borrow her car. 
And I just remember being at my lowest at this point. Like that, to me, those moments were my lowest moments because I did have my daughter. Um, I can't remember what age she was, but she had to have been younger than like five years old. And so I'm driving around Houston, going to these people's house who I don't know. These are strangers. I don't know if our life is in danger. Like I just, all I knew was that I had to put food on the table and I had to make sure that I provide for my daughter. That's the only thing that was going through my mind at that time. And so I didn't see myself as really being gifted. I just thought I had a, a skill. Like I thought that, okay, I just know how to do hair, right? But lo and behold, God has been developing this skill and this gift and this talent inside of me my whole life. So anybody out there that just has something they were born with that they're good at, that regardless of like what other people are doing, you just pick it up so naturally. It just comes very easy and very natural to you. And so coincidentally, what ended up coming natural to me, what ended up being something I could do in my sleep, right? Without even having to think twice about it. That ended up being the very thing that God used to get me out of poverty. The same thing that I was born with. And mind you, while I'm studying in school for work study, um, I was studying to be a social worker, I believe. Either it was social work or psychology, one of them at the time. And so I'm studying to be a social worker or a psychologist, one of the two. But it never dawned on me. It never clicked in my mind to use what you have. Like, use what God gave you. That never clicked in my mind. I never had anybody around me to confirm the gift in me, right? I never had anybody around me that could see beyond who I was in that moment. And in actuality, when I decided to change, when I decided to like really, really go out there and pursue my dreams, um, I was encouraged by the people who were closest to me to stay the same. I was encouraged by them to stay on food stamps, to stay on wigs, to stay on housing. Um, because here's the thing about fear. Fear is transferable. Fear is like energy. Energy is transferable. So you have to be very mindful. And that's why these kind of environments and these kind of conversations are so important because you have to be very mindful who you share your dreams with. You have to be very mindful about who you allow to even have a conversation with you when it comes to your dream. Because when you're in a moment of developing your courage, right? So you're trying to amp yourself up to really go out here and do this thing. And then you get a friend that says, well, how are you going to do this? Are you sure that, you know, you're, are you sure about this? Are you sure about leaving your job to be an entrepreneur? And the main thing that I learned about being an entrepreneur and about learning how to shut down my fear when I'm noticing that it's starting to rise up is I get in isolation and I don't apologize. I don't explain myself. Whenever I get into the mindset of preparing myself to take on this thing, because I look at it like war. Like when I was really trying to get myself out of poverty and get myself out of the situations that I was in, I looked at it like war. And so when you're in a moment of gathering up your courage enough to go out here and fight, the last thing you need is to have somebody on a battlefield doubting your strength. And so it hurt me the most 
because I had to detach myself from everything that I had known. I had to detach myself from my relationship. I had to detach myself from my family. I had to detach myself from my friends. And so in the end, it was just me, my gift, and God. Like literally when I was cultivating my craft, when I was working on my craft, I noticed that my phone conversation started to dwindle down to none. And I just wish that I had had an environment, like the atmosphere that I'm creating right now, I wish that I had had an environment that I could just go to and just vent or conversate or just even talk about the challenges that you face when you were out here facing your dreams, I mean, chasing your dreams. Because when I was deciding, in that moment I decided to be a hairstylist or do hair. In that moment when I decided that, I noticed that not only did my conversation change, not only did my environment change, my prayer life changed. And so everything became to be so much more intense and I started to have less and less and less and less patience for people that just really did not get it. And it was so frustrating for me because I'm like, The gift that I have, or I want to call it the anointing that I have, is so heavy and is so strong. I'm like, do y'all not realize that what I'm carrying right now is not just for me? What I'm carrying right now is for my babies too? Because what I refuse to do is to sit around and watch my children have to struggle and go through what I went through growing up. And even when I was growing up, because I'll explain my childhood to y'all also. Even when I was growing up, I just knew that some certain things that I was exposed to were not normal. I had no confirmation that they were not normal. I had no understanding in depth that they were not normal. But I knew that it was not normal to live a life of no freedom, of no happiness, living day to day, living the mundane life. And that is how depression creeped into my bloodline so heavy. And I want to say maybe I grew up in a household of about maybe about 10 of us, right? 10 of us in a household. Maybe two of us turned out to not be addicted to drugs or to be in the streets um, or to not be in and out of jail. Like maybe just two of us decided that this not going to be the life for me. But I grew up in this environment, seeing certain things, but knowing that that's not the only route for me to go. And so the best thing that I could do was detach myself and separate myself and just get into a space of creating and cultivating. And like even the space I'm in right now, I'm realizing the reason why it was so hard for me to get in front of the camera or just to even express myself is because I had my space was so cluttered. I had no space to go to just be creative. I felt like I was being suffocated um, by my environment. I felt like I was just being choked out of my dream, like literally choked out of my dream because I had nowhere to go to even practice my skill or practice my technique. And so the fact that I had to depend on complete strangers, right, go to their house, who I did not know at this time, 
do these people hair for nothing? Like, I will be grateful sometimes if they would tip me 5 or $10 to get me and my baby something to eat. But in the moment of when it was like flight or fight, in that moment, I decided to fight. And so what I want to gear us up for tonight and what I want to prepare us for tonight is the fight. And so I'm not sure if anybody else has ever told you or if anybody else has ever forewarned you about when you're getting to certain levels in life or getting to certain levels in your business or your dreams, we all know that it doesn't get easier, right? And we all know that nothing is going to be birthed in our comfort zone. And so what I want to get us to understand tonight is that it is okay to fight for your life. It is okay if you have to just get radical. Like when I say I flip the switch like this, it is okay if you have to get radical to change the trajectory of your children's life. It is okay if you have to get radical and it is okay if nobody understands you but yourself. Sometimes it might just be you, your thoughts, your guilt, and God, and it might be that for a couple of seasons. And so I would ask myself like, well, what is wrong with me? Why don't I have a desire to go out no more? Why don't I have a desire to gossip anymore? Why don't I have a desire to like, just, you know, hang out and just do whatever no more? Like my desire, my appetite completely shifted. And so I'm noticing that when I live the life in fear, which is what I call survival mode, right? When I lived my life in fear, I had absolutely no boundaries, none. So I had absolutely nothing to measure myself to. Y'all see what I'm saying? So if my friends were, you know, going out or uh, doing drugs or whatever the case they were doing, I would think that, okay, well, maybe I can do that too. So then I found myself doing those things and I found myself engaging in certain kind of atmospheres but in the end nobody had a problem with it but me nobody had an issue with it but me and so then I started realizing okay it's not everybody else it is me so let me go over here let me work on myself and let me get me together and when you do decide in those moments to put yourself first When you decide that you're not going to let fear overrule your life, it's going to be people that misunderstand that and they're going to take it personal. And that is okay, also. And I had to realize that the more and more I'm getting into certain levels in my life, the less and less I'm having to explain myself, the less and less I'm finding that I don't even have the energy. I don't even have the desire to try to convince people to get it no more. Like, I used to want to be a people pleaser. Even in my relationships and in my friendships and in my family, I used to just want to really see people happy. Then I started realizing that, okay, me me seeing other people happy is at the expense of my own happiness. So the greatest fear that I had to overcome, because mind you, I grew up in a, a big, pretty big family, pretty big household. And so... The fear, the greatest fear that I had to overcome was the fear of separation and the fear of loneliness. And um, when I tell you that it has been a hard journey of separation, it has been a long journey of loneliness 
because not everybody is going to get it and not everybody is meant to get it. And it took me seven years, eight years, not going to discount that. It took me eight years to understand that not everybody is going to get it and it doesn't make them bad people. It just means that the fire, the desire, the urge that you have inside of you Everybody might not have that hunger. And so that's why it's important to get around environments. It's important to get around different conversations with people who are hungry. And not just for what you have on your plate, but to get around people who are hungry and who have a desire to see greater in their life. And like even now, even now when I go back around certain environments, it's like I've been out of the I've been out of the loop. I want to say I've been out of the mix for about eight years and I'll go back to certain environments and nothing has changed. People are still complaining about the same thing they was crying about 10 years ago. People are still having the same habits that they had 10 years ago. And so the greatest thing that I did for myself was to get myself out of my comfort zone. And anytime I acknowledge that I'm having a fearful moment or any time that I acknowledge that I'm, I'm in a space of where I'm uncomfortable or I'm in a space of confusion, I'll just go back to my word because I do write a lot. And even here, I have my journal and this is most of my thoughts that I've written out. I'll go back to my word and I'm not sure if you all write affirmations, but I want to give you all a particular strategy that I use in a moment if I feel like, okay, um, well, let me ask y'all this question. Has anybody ever experienced anxiety before? Anybody ever felt what anxiety feels like? Anybody ever encountered anxiety before? Anybody ever had that? Okay. So what I'm about to ex express and explain is a solution that I've developed that helps me a lot. Um, dating back, because I had the I had an anxiety attack last night, and I had to realize, well, where does my anxiety come from? Like, where does where does this feeling, this sense of nervousness, where does this come from? And my anxiety dates back like probably six years. My anxiety goes back six years. And the most thing that I was anxious about was, am I going to be able to provide for my baby? That, that is what caused me the most nervousness in my life. And even though I'm to a point now where I'm financially stable and I'm doing good in life, it's still that fear because I've been able to identify and recognize when I feel like that, okay, why am I feeling like this? Where is this coming from? Like, where where is this brought up from, you know? And so what I do is for every thought that I have, like every negative thought that I have, every negative tendency that I have, I don't dismiss it and I don't ignore it. And so has anybody ever lived a life in denial? That's like saying I'm okay and I'm really not. That was me for years. Um, I didn't realize the damage that I was doing to myself by just ignoring things and just continuing to work and continuing to get up every day. And I'm putting a smile on my face like everything is all right. And I am crumbled to pieces on the inside. Like 
I lived my life like that for years, man. I didn't come out of this mindset until like two years ago. And I lived my life on autopilot for years. And I thought it was okay. Because that's what I saw. I, I, I saw growing up, you know, I saw strong women. I saw us say, you know, oh, well, I'm okay. And 30 years down the line, you're not okay. 40 years down the line, you're not okay. You still got the same habits. You're still in the same situation. Nothing has changed. And what I realized is to not dismiss it because dismissal can lead to living your life in denial. And I never want to live my life in denial. And nothing comes from denial. And so whenever I feel it, I acknowledge it. Like in the moment when I was asleep last night, and literally, I'm going to just give y'all a scenario so y'all can visualize how it creeps up. Because my belief in anxiety is it's not something you do intention. I don't intentionally worry myself. Right? I don't intentionally say, well, let me worry about this or let me overconsume my, myself with that. I don't intentionally do it. It is literally in my subconscious mind because it's a part of my survival mode. So our brain is geared to help us survive, right? Your brain is geared to give you warning signals if you're in danger, you know, like your brain is wired for these things. And so I realized that it is in my subconscious mind. It's not anything I'm thinking about in the moment because I was trying to go to bed. And um, so I'm asleep, right? And in my sleep, I woke up to, (gasps) and it was out of nowhere. And my heart starts pounding. And I said, Monica, you're having an anxiety attack. It's okay. So in that moment, literally, in that moment, I started telling myself, breathe. It's okay. It's going to be all right. Breathe. It's not your past. It's over. Like, I'm talking to myself, literally, in my sleep, I'm talking to myself in that moment. Because what I used to do, <laughs> what I used to do when I had anxiety before I knew what anxiety was, I used to submerge myself. Lord, you're really going to have me take it there. (laughs) I would submerge myself with sex, with alcohol, food, um, drug addiction. I would submerge myself in things like that, right? Because I was what? Living a life in denial. Um, I wanted to think that I was okay. And I wanted something to just make me feel like I was okay, right? So this went on for years and years and years. And so recently, I started noticing that the most powerful tool I have, the most powerful weapon I have is my mouth. It's not weed. It's not alcohol. It's not sex. It's not the club. It's the words that I speak over myself because I can't even pray unless I would say it. So the most powerful thing, the most powerful weapon I have to combat my fears are my words. The words that I speak. So in that moment, if I feel like fear is getting the best of me, if I fall into agreement with that fear, then guess what I'm doing? I'm giving it more fire to dictate, to rule my life, to run my life. I'm giving it more ammunition to keep me in the same situation. And so I started noticing that when I feel when I feel certain things, I acknowledge it and I do the opposite. I say the opposite of what I'm feeling. 
So if I'm feeling worried, if I feel overwhelmed, I just simply take a breath and I breathe in and I breathe out in that moment. And I didn't realize, I'm not sure if y'all have ever tried this because I haven't gone to therapy or nothing like that, but I didn't realize how important when you're going through certain things, I didn't realize how important your breathing is. Just taking a second, breathing it in, and just literally analyzing what's going on around me and figuring out in that moment, what do I need to change? What do I need to acknowledge? And so right now I have a lot going on, right? In my personal life, in my business, I have a lot going on. And that little girl who grew up in a hood, who had to fight for her life, is still in here. She hasn't gone anywhere. She's still a part of my journey. So she's she's still inside, right? So I have to talk to her and I have to affirm her because I didn't have anybody to do that for me. So whatever I didn't get at that time, it's like a part of me is still seeking that. And so I have to talk to her and tell her, it's okay. You're not in that situation no more. And I don't know how long, because I know they say time heals all wounds. But my life has not been this way for a long time. Like God has really just accelerated my life. Between, I'll say these past two or three years, God has just really accelerated my life. So I'm still trying to really take it all in and understand Like, no, I don't have it all figured out. You know, I don't have everything together. But I'm not in the position I used to be in. I'm not living in that condition no more. I don't live in that circumstance no more. And sometimes I'll just take a moment to just breathe and just look around my life. Like, you don't got to fight that man off you no more. You don't have to worry about if somebody is, you know, going to try to come and take what you, you don't have to live like that no more. And it takes a minute for me sometimes because I'm not used to that. And I'm, I'm used to like, going like I said, growing up, I was a fighter. And so it's still, and I appreciate that fight side of me, right? But the biggest battle I'm fighting right now is the battle between myself with who I used to be and who I'm becoming. And so daily, every single day, piece by piece by piece, I'm detaching myself from that girl. And it's so hard because that's all I've ever known. I don't I don't really know the Monica who don't have to worry about is her bills going to be paid next month. I don't really know that girl because... Everybody I grew up around is still robbing Peter to pay Paul in and out of jail. Like, and that's why I make, I'm I making my business now to get out and to make sure I change my surroundings, get around people that's going to the same place I'm going because I can't afford the, the, the state that I'm in in my life right now. I can't afford to let that old mindset that I used to have when I was a dancer or 
you know, when I was exchanging my body for whatever. Like, I can't afford for that mindset to creep in and overshadow the woman that I'm becoming. And so the I guess what I'm hearing right now, thank you, God. The greatest thing is detachment. Are you willing to detach yourself from everything you know, from everything you've known, from everything that you're comfortable with? Are you willing to detach yourself from that? For it to be exchanged for greater. And if, like I said, if you had told me five years ago that I would be where I am right now, I wouldn't have believed you. I wouldn't have believed you. And so God has just been, and I'm not even just talking about financially, because finances come and go. But just emotionally and mentally, I have been in such a difference. Space that I'm not used to and I don't know how to explain it I don't really know how to articulate it but everything just seems so new and I think as I'm t- saying this out loud to y'all I think that is what scares me the most about where I am right now is the unknown the fact that everything is so new and I think, <laughs> I think that's why we stay in relationships past our expiration date. I think that's why we stay on the job longer than we're supposed to stay on the job because we are afraid of the new. Well, for me, that's just my honest testimony. I was afraid. I was afraid of if I quit this job or if I drop out of school, well, I'm, am I really going to make it? Is my business really going to survive? Is my business going to be enough to pay my rent and pay my bills? And let me just, let me see. Let me total up how much my bills cost back then that I was worried about. So my rent was $17. My light bill might have been pushing $50 or $60, Right. Didn't have a car, no, because I had a cash car. If I didn't have a cash car, I was borrowing my granny car. Cancels out the car, no. Cancels out car insurance. I had food stamps, so I didn't have no food. What was I worried about? As if God couldn't provide the five or 600 I needed at that time to cover my bills. Was my faith that low in the God that made the whole universe to where I thought, that God couldn't do that for me. And it's almost like a slap in the face because what I realize what God is doing in my life right now, it's not even just to pay my bills. Like, that's minimal. What God is doing in my life right now is to show the goodness of what can happen when you trust and have faith. It's beyond being able to pay my bills right now. Like, I really, I just, I sit back sometimes and I'm like, so you mean to tell me this gift was inside of me the whole time? The gift of being able to teach, because I've never, I've never like, (laughs) I had never taken the class before. So the first time I had, um, the first time I had an in-person class or the first time I had an online class, I had never done any of that stuff before. And people were coming and telling me like, I went to so-and-so and I came to you and it's just like, 
everything that I didn't get. And I'm like, well, really, like, what, what, what was going on? Like, well, what were you getting before? But that just goes to show you how minimal, how small I valued my gifts. So I'm not sure of who I'm talking to tonight that is probably undervaluing your gift. That is what I was going to talk about. Is So we know in the word, God promises that your gift is going to make room for you, right? That is a promise. And God going to make good on his word. That is a promise. But also, here's what I had to realize. Here is when conviction like just shot up and just slapped me all in my face. When I realized that, yes, my gift will make room for me, right? But am I really making room for my gifts? It's the question. Like, have I really focused in, set apart, and hold, like, just hold it in an atmosphere for my gift to be nurtured, for my gift to be developed? Like, had I really made that atmosphere before? And the answer was no. I had no room in my life to do hair. I had no room in my life to be an author. I had, I left no room for that. The only thing I had room for in my life at that time is what I thought people wanted me to do. Like I thought that I was just supposed to go to college, get a job, you know, like go to work every day. I thought that that's what I was supposed to do. And so I really didn't give it a chance to even just go out there and try to see if it would work. The only way that I was pushed into entrepreneurship is because I got fired. And so I would really hate for any of you that's listening tonight, I would hate for you to have to experience what I went through with being fired from my job to make a decision of if I'm really going to take this gift serious. I would hate for that to be the case for you. I would hate that. I would much rather encourage you to do this. Even if it's just, I know we can be, anybody have children on here? Because I know we can get busy. So even if it's just 30 minutes a day, that's not much. Y'all hear my dogs fighting? Them dogs. I'm sorry, y'all. They is tearing my house up, up there. Um, but even if it's just 30 minutes a day, right? So if you take 30 minutes a day for the next month, the next month or two months, you take 30 minutes a day and you just get by yourself, just get, get really, really still and ask yourself, what room would I like for this gift to make for me? Is it enough to just pay my bills? Is it enough to, you know, maybe start a nonprofit organization? Or do I want this gift to leave a dent in the world? Like, do I want people to remember me and know me because of my gifts? Those are a couple different levels there. Because, I mean, we can work a nine to five and pay our bills, right? But who's going to remember the job that you had when you pass on? When you're creating legacy or developing something that's going to outlive you, you begin to take that gift just a little bit more serious 
when you start to realize how many people actually not only will they need your gift, it's so many people that probably will never come into the fullness of who they're supposed to be unless you tap into your gift. So when you think about it that way, it's almost like it's selfish of you to not contribute 100% your gift to this world. When I started thinking about just how many young girls, how many teen moms, how many single mothers um, might have gone through what I went through. And imagine if I had never shared my gift, um, how many people wouldn't know how to do a wig or how many people wouldn't, you know, think about certain things in their business. Like it might be small and minimal at the time, but when you think about the livelihood of it, if you're able to help somebody else put food on the table for their family because of your gift, I think it's worth giving it a shot. And not just giving it a shot to where you're like, oh, you know, yeah, well, this is this is what I do. When I say giving it a shot, I mean going out here and dominating so well that people will know your gift before they know who you are. I didn't know that was inside of me. I didn't know that I had the ability to do that until I was pushed into it. Because at the time, I let my fear outweigh. I don't even think I had any faith that I could be a business. I had I had no faith in it. I'm just going to be honest. I had no faith that I could actually have a service, put a price on it, and people would really pay for it. I had no faith in it. None. And so just imagine how much I discounted myself then and how how much my mindset had to shift from going from working for free, right, to now in my business, the most expensive product I have is about $1,800. So I went from not charging at all to texting. I'm, I'm texting now. <laughs> I'm texting, okay? So from zero to $1,800. Between that gap, what do you all think changed? Like what, what do you all think had to change the most between the zero and the 1800? What do y'all think had to change the most in my life? And I'm sorry, I hadn't even seen the comments. I'm just running my mouth. What do y'all think had to change the most? Was it my money that had to change the most? Was it my appearance that had to change the most? Like, what do y'all think had to change the most? From the 2012 Monica until the 2020 Monica. Because I think sometimes we feel like, well, if I could just make more money, then it would change. No. (laughs) Uh -uh. Yeah. God God really was waiting on me. Because I always... I always believed in God. I always knew it was something greater outside of myself. But I just never saw any greatness in me. I never saw that. I, that was never encouraged growing up. Like, even now, I don't have family that says, I'm proud of you. I don't have that. And so just imagine. Imagine if I was waiting on that. So I don't know 
if that's any of you all that's waiting for that moment for somebody to see you or like you're, if you're waiting for that moment of approval, that moment may not ever come. So what are you going to wait on it? Because here's what I had to understand in order for me to not be upset with people. I had to understand that people can't give you what they do not have. Not only are they not able to, it's really unfair uh, for you to put that type of expectation on somebody to give you something they couldn't give to themselves. So if if they couldn't encourage themselves enough to change their own situation, how could I expect for them to encourage me to change mine? It took a long time for me to get it because I was angry for a long time. So it took me a while to understand that I couldn't expect people to do for me what they couldn't do for themselves. So my environment had to change when I stopped living in fear. My conversation had to change. My prayer life had to change. The words that I speak over myself had to change. Like I couldn't, I couldn't be this Monica around the same people and friends that I was around just getting started because their fear would have weighed in on me. Their doubtfulness, their negativity would have weighed in on me. And so just detaching, it was the hardest thing because how do you detach yourself from something you love? How do you detach yourself from something you love in love. Like I had to detach myself with love. I couldn't detach myself with resentment because then I wouldn't prosper. I couldn't detach myself in anger because then I wouldn't prosper. So I had to say, okay, Monica, don't take it personal. This person is not able to give you what you need right now. It's okay. Love on them. I'm just getting to the point now where I'm like, okay, This person don't get it. So instead of me talking about them, instead of me mocking them, instead of me making fun of them, I'm just going to send a prayer up for them and pray that God, whatever God did in me, changed in me, then God, can you change it in them? That's my conversation now. I don't don't even think I get upset no more because I used to get, I used to get mad. I did. I used to get very angry, but now I get it. I get it. Like, people just can't give you what they don't have. And to me, that level of understanding, that is the highest level of love. Because it takes courage to have to admit, I can't give you this. So I release you to go and do whatever it is you need to do so that you can be a better person. It takes courage in that. A lot of people are not able to do that. So I had to have enough strength to do it for myself and love. And so I hope that tonight's conversation could just shift something in somebody to see that you're not the only person that deals with fear. Like I literally know the feeling of fear. I know the heartbeat of fear. Like I know how when it, when it shoots up in my body, I know literally what fear feels like. So I think that people think fear is a thought. No, well, not for me. So I don't know about it with you all, but fear is a feeling. I I feel it on my, I feel it all over me. And so when I feel that, I instantly go into my prayer affirmation. 
I instantly go into rebuking that spirit of fear off me because I can't execute and be the woman that I'm supposed to develop with fear in the forefront of my life. I got to speak to that thing. I have to rebuke it and cast it down in order for me to go into these rooms with no business degree, no certification, no hair license, and teach people how to make six figures a year in their business and they licensed. I got to shut that fear off. Because some, like the the old me, will spring up and she'll be like, girl, who who you think you are? Who do you, who, who do you think you are to go in this room? You dropped out of college. You don't have this. You don't have that. And so as I'm thinking these thoughts, I don't dismiss the thought. I bring it up. I'll tell you, yes, I dropped out of school. I'll tell you, yeah, I don't have a license. But what I do have is the wisdom that God gave me when I was born into this earth. That's my advantage. It's not no degree of certification. My advantage is the wisdom that's imparted in me. I can't shake that. It's on me. So fear, I guess that's my message. Fear is a feeling. So whatever fear, because it might be different for different people. Whatever fear feels like to you, I would love, I would love for us to write it down. Because that's what I had to start realizing. Like, Like I said, I didn't know what anxiety was. So I'm like, why is my heart beating so fast in my sleep? Why am I getting short of breath in my sleep? Why am I going like days and nights without being able to close my eyes and get rest? Like, what is this insomnia? Why am I having this feeling? So when I start looking at what this stuff is, it all dates back to fear. All of it. It goes right back to my fear. And so I go around all that and I uproot that thing at the root. Get out of my mind. I'm not in that spot I used to be in. I'm not on housing. I'm not on food stamps. I'm not on WIC no more. And just because I'm not in that space no more don't mean I can't feel it. Because I can. I feel the pain of, of, of what it is to not know where your next uh, paycheck is going to come from. I know what that feeling feels like, but I don't let it rule me. That is the difference between... The Monica I was in 2012 and the Monica I am now. You know how somebody say, girl, yeah, I feel you. No, literally, I feel you. I know I know the feeling. And I think that is the part that people don't get. When I talk about my success and when I talk about where I am now, people don't know this side of my story. So they don't know why I'm so excited when I hit a mark of making six figures in a month. They don't know why I'm so excited about that. Because I used to just dream and pray to be able to make $10,000 a year. And (laughs) it's just, it's amazing what God can do. When you just open yourself up to be a vessel. And you can't have fear and faith in the same boat. One of them got to go. So I hope and I pray that tonight you would just look at how you feel. Analyze how you feel. Figure out what that feeling is. And whenever that feeling starts to occur, acknowledge it. Okay? And y'all know how we used to do in math when you had to cancel it out? Cancel it out and you create something new. 
whatever whatever new that you create is going to cancel out that feeling. Literally, it'll cancel it out. So I encourage you to get you a pen, get you some paper, because I didn't realize that this is my therapy, like just writing and journaling. You know, I know it's probably going to sound cliche, but I wrote myself out of poverty. Every feeling I had, I used to write that stuff down. If I could just show y'all my notebooks of notes that I would just write down, I would keep it by my bedside. And when I would wake up, I would write it down. And I still do that. And so I literally have been able to write myself out of poverty. So what story can you write for yourself? What new beginning would you like to write for yourself? That is my question for tonight. So I hope that you all were able to take something from this conversation. I don't even know if I was even recording on this this thing. Like I'm really just enjoying sitting here and just being able to share my testimony. And hopefully with me sharing my testimony, you can see a piece of your story inside of my story. So do y'all have any questions, any insight that y'all want to add in? Any questions? Any questions? And so I don't um, I don't have the link available for it, but this is my journal and this is my affirmation that I say to myself every day. I say this every single day. And so I will be saving this particular this particular live. I'm gonna save this live to my page. And so do any of you want for me to repeat my affirmation in case you want to write it down or, you know, add to it or whatever. This affirmation, this particular affirmation that I say to myself every single day, like, I don't know why I wasn't taught growing up how important it is. Well, life and death is in the power of the what? And we hear it, you know, and we acknowledge it, but we don't, do we really, do we really take it in? Because I intentionally tell myself, baby, you are not your past mistakes, okay? I tell myself that every day because she be trying to creep up and I be like, girl, shut up. We not, we not there no more. So I'll share my daily affirmation and um, you know what? I think I'm going to make that my thing. You know how certain people have their thing i think that every time i introduce my podcast i want to introduce my affirmation so well that when i'm saying this affirmation we'll be saying it out loud together okay so i'm gonna do that i'm gonna make this a thing um every chance i get i want to leave this message with the world that's what i want to do i'll write that down this is my thing my affirmation so just to forewarn y'all i don't know how these words came together how they came together but just flow with me here okay because they work and they help so my affirmation reads i ain't even gotta read this i don't even know why i'm looking at it but my affirmation reads i award myself the gift of being present in this very moment I understand that life is a journey and not a race. And I will allow myself to be the teacher and the student at the same time in the same space. 
and I will use that duality as growth. Time is an opportunity for advancement. Love is an opportunity for understanding. Happiness is an opportunity for compassion. And money is an opportunity for enhancement. And I will, with all intentions, work towards today with a positive outlook on life. And no matter the current state of my situation, I understand that nothing is happening to me and everything is happening for me. I am not a victim, but I am victorious and I shall take nothing personal and I grant myself access to evolve into a better me. I am not my past mistakes. And in fact, I've never failed a day in my life. They were only tools used to build a bridge to a better future. I sign, seal, and I deliver this to my future self. And in Jesus' name, it is well. So just remind yourself every day that it's well. If I'm struggling right now, if I'm going through a hard time right now, if I'm being misunderstood right now, it's well because it's all going to work together. Trust me. It's all going to work together for your good. That's a promise. So I thank y'all for tuning in. Hopefully, I was able to record at least something um, tonight to post for my first episode on my podcast. But um, as I stated, it would have been helpful if I had broke down the list to tell y'all what our next conversation is going to be about. That would have been helpful. But um, it's going to be some good stuff. Like this side of the motivation movement, like this side is really my ministry. Like, this side is just me letting my guards down. It's not about the business side, Moni. It's not about how I'm doing here, Moni. Like, this is just the side where I want to be authentic and as transparent as I can be to show y'all it ain't no difference in how God didn't snatch me up out the hood. It ain't no different in what God has done in my life than what God can do in yours too. Absolutely nothing different, if not greater. And so I pray uh, for prosperity over your business. I pray for peace and prosperity over your life. And I thank y'all for tuning in with me tonight. This has been a great conversation. I really enjoyed it. Um, Hopefully I can bring my ratchet behind downstairs in this garage more often with no makeup on and my wig clamped in the back, okay? And just bring y'all the unfiltered, unedited, raw side of... I ain't gonna say wanna be. This is the Monica. Okay. This is the Monica LaShawn Bundage. Okay. This is I'm not getting no money beat tonight. So that is my intentions. And I will see you all next. What's today, y'all? Because I'm so tired. Monday? Are we going? This is Monday, huh? I forgot. It was supposed to be Mon- um Motivation Monday. So welcome to Motivation Monday. <laughs> And so we'll be talking about health. Um, I'll be talking about finance. I'll be talking about my kids, my bad dogs that's tearing my house up upstairs. I'll be sharing like a lot more in depth um, with what I'm going through in life and the changes that are occurring. So I'm just sending y'all some love, sending y'all some positivity, this the, the favor, the grace. The mercy that's on my life and my business, I want to hand it over to y'all as well. So everything that I have, I'm a willing vessel 
to share and to give and to pour into. Okay, so if you just need a word of encouragement, check back with me on next Monday. Not sure what time. Not gonna lie and give y'all the time right now. But just check in with me next Monday and then I'll see y'all next week. Thank you.